Yo. Hey, how's it going? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, that's a good. Finally recovering from this damn heat, man. Like, it's, it's <laughs> I'm not fucking roasting alive, man. Yeah, it's it's really it's really bad when it comes to um when it comes to the heat. I think today has been the first day that it hasn't actually been too too hot because it's been overcast. You know. Yeah, yeah, we've had the we've had the rain. You know, it's kind of kind of cooled the air, which is nice. You know, exactly. I did, I did stand outside like Andy at the end of the fucking Shawshank Redemption earlier, like yeah. just hands in the air, like cooling <laughs> off. Like, man, I I just been dying like for the past two weeks, man. Like, you know, like just standard British white man is not built for this like trust, level trust, level trust of humidity mate, man. trust me mate standard British black man is not okay people welcome to uh, um, uh, basically uh, another podcast um, it's this is a special review this time this is a review from me and your boy um, the sofa soldier it'll be just me and you today brother okay no problem no yeah, problem so the best two the, the best two from four <laughs> 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 the best too. Um, but how are you doing? Though? How are you feeling apart from the heat? How are you feeling? Are you feeling okay? Um, I'm I'm good, man. I'm good. Like I've uh, I've kind of have a uh, I've had a funny week because like it's it's been um, it, on kind of a personal note. It's been like a, a bit a bit of good closure for me. Like I finally managed to to sort out the uh, everything that happened. You know after yep. my late mum's passing and everything so i got yeah, my about it. yeah no nah, it's it's all right man like i'm i'm processing it well and i'm dealing with it like the way i should be but um you know on the the plus side of it was that i finally managed to sort everything out with the bank so me and my sister have got our inheritance you know I'm, it's not like i'm rich now yeah. <laughs> or anything because <laughs> it, it's all just going into savings man and everything but like uh, there's a couple of things that I uh, I did say, you know, that I needed to to pick up with some of the money, just upgrading some gear and stuff for future projects. So it's kind of ironic because I'm moving out at the end of October, but now I've got like a desk coming from IKEA and a bunch of new PC stuff I need to install. But aside from that, it's mostly been uh, starting watching God of High School on Crunchyroll. I, oh, uh, you know what? It's funny. It's funny because even the review. We can talk about that too. We we, we can yeah. talk about that right now. We can, you know what? As the anime topics go, we can talk. How are you finding the God of High School? God of High School, um, I think it's all right. I think it's pretty good. As shonen's go, like I wasn't expecting. Um, I, I first of all, when it comes to most anime now, especially original stuff, like yeah. I feel there's so many tropes that have been explored over the past like 40 years of anime history that it's very rare you find something truly original. So I always kind of go into it with like just an open mind and fairly low expectations. Yeah. And apparently, uh, this is one that's it's a Crunchyroll original, right? So they're producing it yeah. uh, with some Korean animation studio. Um, and I, I actually kind of enjoyed it. Like I know, like uh, the high school setting and stuff like that has kind of been done before. But I like the fact that it jumped straight into the action whilst setting up the characters. It didn't waste any time. There weren't loads of flashbacks. I mean, it did use flashbacks, but it wasn't like to the point where it was, you know, obnoxious. And you're like, oh, for Christ's sake, come on, just get on with the story. Yeah. Like 
they did enough to set up the characters well and they got into the action and made it fun to watch um i love the art style i think it's great i love the way they use like ink and stuff in the fights it reminded me a lot of uh do you remember the ink animation style they did for the videos of street fighter 4 yes Super that, street fighter I, I was 4. gonna say to you that, that's what i was thinking about you know the new uh, yeah ghost of, um, to, um the, the new ghost game the samurai one they use a lot yeah of ghost of tsushima yeah. yeah tsushima there's a lot of ink in that yeah yeah, I, I, like, do, uh, I do. I do believe that um, this quote of high school in a long time has been one of the animes I have clung to. It has been, it has been an eye opener that I can't believe that a Korean studio can bring this high volume of um, anime. And I would like to see what else they can do. I want to go back now. I want to go and research any other animes they have done because this is um, this is a big anime, and I'm looking forward to it tomorrow. It's even so bad that my niece. Um, I asked her, does she, has she watched the God of Anime? And she said to me, oh no, uncle, I don't watch. I was like, why? She goes, oh, I read all of it already. And I was like, wow. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, so she, yeah. yeah, she, she, and funny enough, me and her, well, I was at, uh, I was at with her today. And I, I, I said to my missus today, I love talking to, about anime to her because she basically told me the whole God of High School storyline. Um, if people do want to read this anime, it is on Webtoon, so you can read it. I think it's like up to like volume 400 or something like that. So you can read it. She said Jesus, me, the manga, yeah, it's yeah, pretty she, big then. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she said to me, yeah, the manga, sorry, yeah, she said to me it's one of the best anime she's ever read. Um, but there's a lot, there's a lot going on in the in the show that she says that's not sorry, there's they've taken a lot out of the show that's in the manga. A lot. She said that she's yeah. a she's a vivid manga reader, and I love it. I, I love yeah. that I've got her into this, but you are right, the god of high school is a is a new twist on anime and it's good to see a korean a korean studio uh, yeah that's bringing out the that's bringing the, the hype back to Crunchyroll because Crunchyroll did need they did need something to bring back the uh the yeah, they needed something they needed something strong that was their own kind of production as well because i mean they've they've basically gotten big off the back of being like the netflix service for other people's anime but they haven't they hadn't yet done what netflix had done where they're doing like their own productions and their own series and kind of saying well you know they're getting the voice actors on board or whatever and saying well you can only watch this if you watch it on crunchyroll or whatever and for them to like start having their own high level productions and everything i don't think this is the first you know i'm sure there's going to be some like avid like anime super weebs watching this where their power level is way over (laughs) compared to mine um and they're going to immediately be in the comments like oh no it's not the first one but like it's it's the first one that's really got my attention because like i had all of my friends on twitter like harassing me saying like oh if you love my hero if you love shonen you should definitely watch this and i'm like okay okay give it a watch yeah it's it, it lives up to it i'm enjoying it so far and you know as you say you know like to your niece who's a, like a real manga reader and everything i think it's yeah, she's she's serious she's you know when, yeah. we when we were young we couldn't really afford like you, you could afford it but it, it came out of our pocket money I'm, yeah. I, I'm the type of uncle because i know she likes it if she tells me she wants one i'll just buy it for her Do you know what i mean because yeah. i wanted to have the experience where her parents they understand but they don't understand when you're that age when you read one you want to read the next one so i buy her like three four. <laughs> are you just yeah. gonna give her a bill when she's 18 no i'm not like... gonna, I, like, you know, I, like, I, I like i like i like 
I like young. It sounds really bad. Females that are into anime is very rare, and they're they're very rare. Yeah. Because, like it's like a forbidden fruit type of thing, and it's she. It's marketed to men though, isn't it? That's it is. It is, and that's the thing. And, and women are exploited, but she's she's watched like all of here at um, here at Academia. I put her on um, Hunter X Hunter. She watched all of that. Yeah. She's on that. Is, is it Hayaku now? And she's watching. Like you. Uh, yeah. yeah. She's watching like Food Wars. Like if, when I go onto my Crunchyroll, she is. She's most of the animes that I've. She's watched all of Doctor Stone. She's she's watching more of all the stuff that I'm watching. But she's I'm outclassed like, all of us now. Yeah, she's she, powered. Yeah, like, ascended <laughs> yeah. beyond yeah. her previous yeah. limitations. <laughs> what I've tried to ask her to do, and I've tried to say to her, go back to the old animes and you, I said to her you need to watch some stuff that's very um, controversial and culture based like um, yeah. like watching like um, AD Police and um, you know stuff like that like um, Violet Jack stuff stuff that will make us go bloody hell like this is anime like yeah this 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 is the anime we grew up in and now yeah. this is the anime you've got you've got the superheroes that never die we had the superheroes that used to get the chop shit out of them and then they come back like five <laughs> episodes later and now they're gods you know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, what I mean? So, you have to, you have to get her into some like crazy violent shit, like Fist of the North Star next. <laughs> yeah, e- exactly, exactly. And, and those are the type of things that I see, and those are the type of things. But she's really, she's really good. I was talking to my missus, and I said to her, I wonder if I should do an anime podcast with her. And I, I, she's like, yeah, that would should. be really cool. I'd, I'd listen to that. Yeah, I'd listen to that really totally. No, what I'll do is I'll, I'll bring you on as well, so you, I can introduce her to her, and she, you, and you'll be amazed. I would, I would be such a noob, like. I- <laughs> I'm thing is like I am so like I'm so resistant to like um you know when it comes to anime to like cuz you're always worried about binge watching stuff right am I spending too much time on this is this really what I want to do <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true that's I, I never true. dive in head first to the point where I'm like months behind like I've never watched like Okay, haters, here you go. Like, here, here's one to bash the the com- me in the comment section for and everything. It's like I've never watched One Piece, right? And everybody is like, "Oh, One Piece is amazing. One Piece is amazing." And I'm like, "Yeah, I, I get that. Like, there's some really good character arcs and the art style's awesome and everything. And I'm sure there's a lot to be invested in." But man, I'm I'm an old man. I, I ain't got time to sit down and watch 450 fucking episodes or it, something it, just it, to it, be. It, it, it's funny you say that. I was trying to watch. I was trying to watch um, One Piece um, a couple of months ago, and I couldn't do it. It's it's. I don't know if it's too old and it it's taking it's going to take me too long to catch up. But I'm watching Naruto right now, and I'm enjoying it more than I did One Piece. Luffy is. I used to think I used to find Naruto annoying. Luffy is more. He's so annoying. Ridiculously <laughs> annoying. Like he uses his head for everything. You know, like you know when they say, "Oh, don't use your head." Sometimes he he, he yeah. if he wants to knock out someone, he will literally use his head and knock them out, and then knock himself out. And I'm like. What a ridiculous fight! Like you fought for five episodes for you to headbutt him, and then he's down. Man yeah, uses I... the same gimmick every time and doesn't expect to get his ass kicked. Like, <laughs> like that's that's some classic Japanese, you know, anime hero writing. They're just like, oh, let's just give him the same finishing move like every time, and the yeah. same gimmick where he knocks himself out as well. Nobody yeah. will ever catch on to it. Exactly. Like, there's, exactly. There's nobody. That, there's no villain that goes back and watches the tapes of the previous fight. You know. Yeah, like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm I'm prepared for this little headbutt, motherfucker. Like, yeah. I'm I'm just gonna stand 
here and, and, and like dodge you know nobody ever does that in anime otherwise the fights <laughs> wouldn't be hype yeah like, like, <laughs> they do a whole standstill for like you know that like stands for like 10 minutes and then they're talking i'm like if you attacked him right now you'll probably kill him <laughs> you know what i mean if you attacked him right yeah. now at this point you'll probably kill him so what do you think of Crunchyroll and funimation do you think they're doing the right things because netflix, um, netflix is kind of netflix um the, the audience that um how can i say this to you i feel that netflix is creeping their way through to get the manga audience because if you have the Crunchyroll app i'll be honest with you i do have it it doesn't yeah. work it doesn't work very well <laughs> yeah oh yeah there's that in terms of like the the ui and the the user experience and stuff like you can tell that it was a second thought behind like the actual content the stuff that's in there is good but like the media player isn't good the navigation finding stuff you like isn't that great um whereas you could tell netflix put a lot of time and effort into hiring like really good developers and graphic designers and stuff to just help you discover new stuff easily and also finds the stuff you want a lot easier um but yeah, I think I think there's a space for uh, for Crunchyroll and, and Funimation. But of course, Funimation are kind of limited by their back catalogue because that's kind of like Funimation is more like Disney Plus than Netflix. Yeah, dubbed, yeah, Funimation, they have a lot of dubs. Funimation, yeah, they have a lot of dubs. Yeah, they have a lot of dubbed anime. That's the yeah. thing. That's Whereas Crunchyroll are more like Netflix in that they're this third-party company who can negotiate mm-hmm. with other animation studios. And they can put their own stuff on as well as other people's stuff. Yeah. Right. And they've one thing Crunchyroll is really good at, actually, which I don't think they get enough credit for, is the fact that they get the they get like the the subs and dubs like almost instantly after it comes out um, in Japan. Not, like they've yeah, got... um, yeah, the subs, not the dubs. The dubs. Oh yeah, the dubs take um, the main the dubs are mainly on Funimation. I've realised that that because anyone that watches it, when you look at when you read the comments section at the bottom. Yeah. A lot of people leave Crunchyroll because they say, "Where's the dubs? Um, like, where's the dubbed? Like, you're oh. making me leave to go to Funimation to watch something in dub." Like, they say maybe maybe six months later, but people will wait six months to listen to a dubbed anyway, because yeah. a lot of people they don't realize understand reading subtitles sometimes you miss a lot of what's going on in the show because you're looking. Yeah, down I can see that. I can I can see that, but also this is the part of me where I want I want to finally stop being a noob here and play my weeb card and say, but you're not a real anime fan if you don't watch the the, the subs or whatever. I'm like, you can do more than one thing at once, but like I understand if it's like a a really like visually engaging uh anime where like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of subtext in what you see on the, the screen and what's being described if it's like a drama or something rather than just a shonen where they're beating the shit out of each other and you can kind of get away with looking at the subtitles for a bit you know because yeah, the dialogue is minimal if it's like a drama and there's a lot more focus on you know plot development and stuff i can really see yeah you know like a a dub is is really useful that's why i actually i, I like uh, when i watch stuff like studio ghibli films and that you know that are very plot centric and everything are very character centric there's a lot of dialogue in it yeah i, I like to watch the dubs of that and of course because they get great voice actors things yeah, like that that's the problem that's the problem i think has plagued japanese animation for a long time is that they never got good western voice actors for ages yeah. until um 
well, it, it wasn't really until Dragon Ball Z really that they started getting good ones. Um, and even then, like the the DBZ dubs didn't make it over to the West until like years after they'd already been shown in Japan. Yeah, you know? that's believed to be true. That is believed to be true because it's only now. I think it was only what 2016 when the first proper anime movie came out of Dragon Ball Z. Um, Battle of Gods came out in the cinema, yeah. and I couldn't believe it. Uh, when I, I was like, "Hang on, Dragon Ball Z's in the cinema!" Like, they're yeah. actually now first time it had ever been in Western cinema. cinema. Yeah, and, and that's ridiculous. And I remember watching like reactions of people. I remember people sitting in the cinema. They went to go and see a, a, like a Disney film, and I saw this dad recording the TV and recording the sc- or the screen in the cinema. He's like, "That's Dragon Ball Z in the they They're actually showing us Dragon Ball Z in the cinema." And I was like, "Wow." Yeah. Even though I didn't, I, I didn't get to see it. I don't know. I did. I, I did see Broly. I did see Broly in the cinema. Yeah. It was. It was beautiful. It was. Oh God! I don't know if you actually yeah. seen the Dragon Ball Z Broly I've, film. It's beautiful. Yeah, I've it's, seen the Broly movie. I saw it on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's. Yeah. It, uh, you, the, the, the funny thing about that one, though, the English version is better. Yeah. It's a lot to, better. A to lot be better. honest, I I am firmly in the camp. People can hate me, that the English voiceover work. That like Chris Sabat and stuff, you know, like who does Goku and, and the, the guys who do Vegeta and everything, like, like the, I think their voice acting is way better than the Japanese voice it acting is, for Dragon is, Ball. Is, I hate the Japanese voiceover for Dragon Ball. It, it's because they've insist they've insisted yeah. on using the same woman for Goku for like twenty years, and now Goku. The funny thing you say that though is because when you watch, but when if you. If you watch the show like how I do, it's you have to kind of watch the Japanese version because the English one will take nearly a year or something to come out. Yeah. And you can't wait that long. The movies, though, I will watch in English. I can't yeah. watch them in Japanese because I want to hear Kakarot or like Goku or yeah. Goku talk. I can't wait a whole year for it because it's still not in English on, on Netflix for the Broly film. It's still yeah. in Japanese. It's really yeah, good. Yeah, same. Not I watched it in Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they've got like, them, they're there. Uh, I like it's funny that you mentioned like uh, the the big wow factor you said about like sitting down and and watching you know Battle of the Gods for the first time in a cinema in, in like the West and everything. I was like, I would be. I'm not sure what I'd be more disappointed by if I went to watch Battle of the Gods in the cinema. The fact that I paid fifteen pounds to watch Battle of the Gods, which actually isn't that good, in my opinion, yeah. or um, if like. If I'd sat down and then I'd realised that it wasn't the dub and it was, <laughs> I'd had to listen to it in Japanese for ninety minutes, because like I mean my fa- my favourite of the new super films is Resurrection F, right? Like by a mile, just yeah. because I, I love Freezer, yeah, I think yeah. it's great. Yeah. Like, um, and then it's the Dragon Ball Super Broly movie, and, and right at the bottom of the tier list, number three is is Battle, Battle of Gods. Of Gods. Yeah. Even though I like Beerus and and Whis, I think they're awesome characters and everything. I was just like, there's not really that much going on in this. This is just the whole setup for that film, which is essentially along with all of the Dragon Ball Super movies. It's just a bunch of episodes condensed and edited together into a movie to like form a whole story arc so yeah. you can watch it all at once, right? Yeah, yeah, the better like, yeah it's the better. Arc. Yeah. But like the the for for me like at least with Battle of Gods this is as far as I'll get into it it was just like let's figure out a way that we can make Goku even more absurdly powerful than he is because he's kind of been like Super Saiyan three like forever 
and we haven't really done anything with him. And let's completely retcon the fact that we were supposed to be making Gohan like the new character and like the new lead. Right, let's completely get rid of that and just make it Goku again. <laughs> and yeah, they have that yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm still salty about the fact that they like they stopped developing Gohan as a character because I really like Gohan. He's like my favorite character in, in DBZ. But it, it, yeah, it's it funny you said it because I watched. Um, I can be honest with you. I I never used to watch Dragon Ball Z when I was young. I never used to watch it because I I used to hate it. And then um, when I got to like 16, 17, my friends were like, "Oh, watch this show." And I was like, "Cool, I watched it." So I, I started to watch it from the Cell Saga. I missed the freezer. Yeah. Saga. So when I went back and I thought, you know what, let me watch Dragon Ball Z from the beginning. I watched it and Gohan, I was like, wow, Gohan is amazing. He, Why did he not continue with Gohan? And then when you read the backstory, he wasn't really marketable. Goku was everywhere. Everyone yeah. loved Goku. And because that's why apparently, that's why he killed off Goku because his favorite characters were Piccolo and Gohan. Right? And then, yeah. then he found out that Gohan just wasn't marketable and Goku, they had to just basically just live on with Goku and like, they totally ruined Vegeta but mm. in the concept of what's going on in the show I don't know if you saw the last um, Dragon Ball Super um, episode when they had um, Frieza and Goku came back to fight um, to fight to help to beat Jiren it was amazing like, yeah I watched the Tournament of Power kind of like saga and, and everything on it like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of up to date like and I, I saw like the the ultra instinct transformation and stuff like that and yeah. uh, like I, I you know i've i'm enjoying what they've done with it but at the same time i feel that there's so much more they could do with the other characters in it and so many of them are just kind of like i don't know like window dressing now if you get what i mean yeah they're like, wasted they're wasted like they feel massively wasted it's all it's all literally about like it's just Goku and Vegeta, and that's basically it. Yeah. And Vegeta but even is just Vegeta. Like, punch- even yeah, he's yeah, just a punching bag for Goku. Yeah, he's just a waste. Like, like Vegeta's my favorite character. I remember my friends were, were talking about, and he goes to me. I said to him, "Oh, uh, did you hear in the anime they um that they uh that they that they finally make him Vegeta that beat someone?" And they were like, "Who? Who's he gonna beat?" And they were like, "I was like, I was like, oh, and I was like, they, they, they're like, yeah, but you do understand that if Vegeta wins his fight." The next fight he fights, he's not going to win that one. So don't get yeah. Out yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, like him winning one fight at like twenty fights that he's had. It's, it's yeah, you know what I mean. So they, it, it does feel like they've kind of wasted his character a bit because they made him so cool, especially like during the Boo saga and stuff with like Margin Vegeta and everything. You were like, damn, like he could actually like beat the shit out of an outclass Goku in like almost every way, yeah. like. And you're like, it's like, how do they change this? And oh, they they add more gimmicks and they add more power levels, and it's it's just like, I don't know. I feel now that like, I can, I've reached the point now where I can be a casual Dragon Ball fan, where I don't feel the need to watch it all the time because I'm just like, whenever I watch it, I'm like, yeah, this is kind of what I expected. Like, there's not any crazy twists and turns anymore, and that's why I've been watching more outside of stuff like you know like god of high school and i watched like kengan ashura and stuff like that which uh, and yeah baki like and you know not all of it's not all of it's that good but like they're trying new stuff and i like the visual style whereas one of my main complaints about dragon ball super is i feel like they've cg'd it up too much they've tried to make it look too 
clean, if you know what I mean. And part yeah, of what yeah. made part of what made Z look amazing was the fact that you could tell it was still all hand drawn yep. and everything. Like, uh, and because they've CG'd a lot of stuff, obviously, like it makes the workflow easier. It means that the animators aren't, you know slaving away for hours and hours and there is still a lot of stuff that's hand drawn in it but it seems like uh how do i put it it's like anime auto-tune or like a anime photoshop where they're just like you could tell they've touched up a lot of it you know to make it look shinier or cleaner and stuff like that and it just it sticks out and it looks a bit ugly sometimes yeah yeah when i watch when i watch those type of when i watch um compared to all three movies um when i watched dragon Ball Z battle of um, battle of the gods that was it wasn't it was old school that they they you can see they use money on them the energy like them his power up stuff like that but when it got to dragon Ball Z um super broly they used yeah. um, they spent a oh. lot of money on that film yeah, yeah. Like, like you couldn't I, get better like anime anime for for an anime movie like right now i'm reading um box office the budget for the film was 8.5 million um, in box office in yen it made yeah. 4 billion that was in japan and yeah then, and then they re-released it again and it made 13 billion and then in in, a, in worldwide they made 124 million dollars imagine the budget was 8.5 million so they they yeah. doubled their money they they literally double their money worldwide and they can't to me Dragon Ball Z can't if they do what they need to do and the artwork is sound and the story is correct mm. it's even a make or break for them they could lose it with yeah. oh another transformation and oh Goku's now Goku's now Super Saiyan fifty five and it's it's you know I mean? they could lose <laughs> it but if they if yeah. they try to do something well like making making Vegeta go super like they they gave us fan. Um, they gave us fan what's the word when they give us fan stuff when they um, fan service like, fan service yeah. yeah they gave us fan service yeah. they, they wanted, we wanted to see Vegeta go super saiyan red he did and then yeah. he go blue it, it was brilliant like go Vegeta having the fight against Broly um, Broly for the first fight they, they gave us fan service everyone wanted to see Vegeta versus Freezer they gave it to us do you know what I mean it's, it's yeah. all now, now... up into one now now we just have to ask Toriyama I'm going to ask him I'm going to make a request here especially for Akira Toriyama like I'm going to say right now do the same cool stuff you've been doing for Goku and Vegeta but do it for like Trunks, Piccolo and Gohan please like make yeah. the rest of them cool give them new transformations give Gohan like a higher level of like mystic power or something oh give, that give, mystic like, shit yeah, fucking yeah. hell that's terrible like, fucking I, I mean, that's such a crazy, like, unexplored power that Gohan has that they just haven't done anything with since Boo. Uh, and I'm like, what if there's another transformation beyond that because it's not using Super Saiyan power? Yeah, like, but they, they made us, but they done made anything us understand. Yeah, but they made us understand in the show that a Saiyan with a Saiyan with a human was stronger than a Super Saiyan. And then yeah. they, they just go, they, they just basically said, oh yeah, just forget about that. Yeah, Saiyans are the strongest. And wait, wait a minute, you just told us <laughs> yeah. that yeah. Saiyans and humans are stronger. You just you don't you yeah. just told us that because they 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 achieved Super Saiyan that none of you ever achieved on your own planet. They've done it on Earth when they're like three yeah. years old in a buggy, for instance. Like, yeah. Pan, <laughs> Pan, I think Pan, yeah. I think Pan in the show can go Super Saiyan, and she's a baby. 
my god. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, yeah, like she flew around the planet. I don't know if you ever watched that episode. Piccolo is Piccolo is looking after her, and she flies around the planet. And she's oh like, yeah, yeah. It was one of those filler episodes, wasn't it, where he has to be the nanny or something? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was it's absolutely ridiculous. But Dragon Ball, yeah. they, they can get they can get there. I think they can. They they've done well. Well, like, I'm looking at the records now, and they they have blown this they have blown this out of the water. Yeah, oh, they're out. making mad money off it. Don't get me wrong. I just feel that uh, I feel that Toriyama could do a lot more with the story and the other characters than he actually is. I think he's cashing in on the uh, on the fact that people wanted him back involved in the show, and now he's back. So the hype's there already, and I think that the Japanese audience. Um, correct me if I'm wrong fans listening i think that the japanese audience loves goku a lot more than the western audience which which i mean explains like you say like the four billion yen box office that they had in japan before no, it even the, went worldwide film, wait, wait 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 for the second film for the second film, <laughs> 7.9 billion yen for the second Jesus. film alone and 64.8 million for and, that, and that, that's British pound, no, that, that's US dollars, and that, and that was yeah. a five million, um, um, five million budget. So they're raking in the money, they're yeah, they're raking it, they're raking it, they're laughing. Yeah, they're laughing. that's it's an insane amount of money, especially when you consider that you know it is, after all, still just anime artwork. and it's not artwork. like a major it's yeah it's it's it's, it's, an, it's anime and it's not like internationally well it is internationally renowned but it's not the kind of like the award winning stuff that would be put as like best animated film um, at the Oscars or whatever yeah that's true that's true that's true okay you know what let's get off anime and let's 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 do what we actually came here to do is we speak about anime for half an hour can you believe that we spent half an hour talking about anime can you imagine that hello 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 wow he dropped out it's a shame it's a shame it's a shame so people i hello can you hear me just give me two seconds, people. Let me see if I can send him another message. Right, sorry about that. My mic disconnected. Oh, that's okay. Um, yeah, so let's do what we came here to do and let's talk about people. Yeah, yeah. Let's come here to talk about... We have come here to do a review of The Last of Us 2. Now, this is going to be mad spoilers. This is going to be everything that people need to hear the right side of the review. Because I believe me and you can do the right side of the review. I believe we can, we can say how it is, say how the game really is, even though we're not critics, we're not nothing, but... I think we have the right opinion and the right the right mind frame to put this game in a to put this game in a straight line so people can understand what this game is and what this game is it. So what how did you feel about the the hype of the game? What did you what did you feel about it when the first, um, when the game first came out? Well, I think the hype behind it was understandably justified, uh, really, considering that first of all it's naughty dog, like they are like pretty much the kind of like big flagship first party developer for um, PlayStation and have been for the past 10 years really Um, I think that it was uh, you could tell that the original Last of Us was like a story that they had wanted to tell for ages but also 
there was a lot of pressure on them to uh, kind of uh, finish up everything with like Nathan Drake and everything in the in the Uncharted games because they were really popular. Um, so it took them until you know it took them like you know it took them until like 2000 and what was it like, was it 2013 or something or two it was something like that. Um, but it was the year before it was you know a couple of years before the ps4 and everything it was yeah, it the was, end yeah, of the ps3 era when yeah. like the uh the first last of us came out and you could tell that there was a lot leading up to it it was the story they wanted to tell after they kind of got done with the majority of what they wanted to say with nathan drake so and the fact that it was such a huge success um and it had these kind of really you know heartfelt characters um you know and uh, just this, this very, you know, kind of. Um, it was a it was a well written journey uh, and a, a very simple story, kind of, you know, focusing on like the the father daughter aspect and everything, and like each character learning to grow on their own. Um, yeah. You know, Ellie Ellie learning to find the the kind of the inner strength and independence of the adult that was inside her you know being forced to kind of grow up on the road um but also joel kind of um you know learning to reconcile his differences with his past um with everything that happened to his daughter and everything and move on from it um they brought out the best in each other as characters i think because of that um there was a lot of demand not only from people who wanted to hear the rest of their story going forward, but also I think Naughty Dog had invested so much time and effort in creating those characters who were so believable and so flawed, you know, that they were like, you know, we deserve to we deserve to, to like to get another shot and to, to tell the rest of this story. So I think the hype was kind of totally justified, but the problem with hype now is it's just kind of you know it's exacerbated and made 10 times more crazy than it really needs to be by like the internet machine you know um and it ends up being spun out of all proportion to the point where people go in with their own set expectations and their own ideas of what this story needs to be because this is what i want to experience versus what the the people who actually created it intended it to be um so i think the hype um the hype was nothing to be you know like it, it was not surprising but how people used the hype to justify their opinions on the game afterwards was kind of lame i think um but really i mean like you say this is this is a review of the game itself not of the like the kind of criticism that it got because we actually addressed that in the last podcast yeah, and we everything. Did, we did, we did. Um, so i'm not going to go into that today i'm just going to talk about the game so as far as the hype goes i think that the hype was was justified but of course everything's hyped up so much on the internet now that it create people create these unrealistic expectations in their head yeah uh, what they don't realize is that it's the game developers who design the characters and make the story and choose to tell the story in that way not you not the gamer like you you are just the person who plays it at the end and you 
you can either enjoy that experience, that experience or decide that it wasn't for you. Um, and I think, I think people just got, got it a bit blown out of proportion and got mad really, uh, for yeah. no reason. There were, but I think there were just as many people who absolutely loved it as people who absolutely hated it. It's just the internet, um, the loudest voices on the internet are always the dumbest. Uh, well. No, it's, it's it's basically true. Right. I'm looking at Metallica um, um, Metacritic now. They gave it a 94. Um, percent IGN yeah. gave it um, 10 out of 10. And then I go on to the Google reviews, and the audience rating is only a 2.8 out of 50,503 yeah. rating. And I look, I scroll down, and a lot of that's deliberate are, review bombing, though. Like, yeah, people are giving this game one stars, and I'm like. What game did I play that they <laughs> yeah. play? Because I'll be honest with you, I no, actually no, let me ask you the questions. For storyline, for the storyline base and for for the how the storyline went from she went from uh how can I put it? She went from girl to woman to having the whole problems with her sexuality and everything that went on. Did you think that was brilliant in a time where in a game where this had this had never been done before um i think i think it's i think it's probably incorrect to say that it had never been done before but it had definitely never been done before in like a big triple a game not in terms of like that level of depth to the her relationship with like dina and having to confront people in this like i mean like just the scene at the start where you find out that like you know um, she got shit from the guy who runs the bar because, like, he called her a, a dyke, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. A, a slur and everything. Uh, and, and and you're just like a lot of people immediately. Well, okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into a lot of people because this is my opinion, right? Um, I think it dealt with uh, her her growth as a, a person, um, her him embracing her sexuality which was kind of hinted on if you played the last of us left behind the dlc of, course. Uh, of the first one i thought it it expanded on that character growth now that she's a woman she's making her own decisions she has her own responsibilities both to herself and the people that she chooses to spend time with and the people who run the camp you know like she's out on patrols doing all of that stuff that the kids don't do anymore you know she has responsibilities um, I think it handles that very well, very organically. It felt like the logical next step for Ellie. I think the setup for her was really good. Um, and it was really interesting to see uh, Jackson, that community in Wyoming that Tommy and his wife had started. Which, like, you kind of you half visit in last of us one where he's like fixing the dam to get electric back to it and everything yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh we're just we're in the starting phase we've got power we've got this and that but it's not grown into this big settlement and now you see it five years later and you're like wow okay these people are self-sustaining you know they're like there's this big community people have got families there you know they're kind of rebuilding their lives and it sets it up as quite it sets it up well because it's like it's like well technically now like she's got everything she wanted right um so she's uh she's got a lot to lose if something bad happens you know and 
That, of course, is like the classic setup for what does happen. And it does it very well, I think. Like, so in terms of like her character growth from the end of Last of Us 1 to like the start and the setup of Last of Us 2, I thought that was really well done and I enjoyed it. Like, the story, I like, overall, I didn't really have problems with in this game. Um, there were one or two choices, it, it's mostly gameplay for me, uh, um, that I had. Uh, a couple of issues with, but yeah. we'll get to that later when you ask me about it and everything. Yeah. yeah um, so when it came to so um, the history between the history between the first game and the second game was really good because I, I believe it, it it did tie in very well. The only thing I didn't understand, the only thing that I I kind of disagreed on was the um, the the anger she had towards Joel. Um, I can understand that he saved her life and she thought to herself that it was a, a thing where, oh, you should have let me die because I could have helped everyone. I, I always thought to myself, like, how selfish can you be that someone's tried to save your life and basically you're, you, you basically resent them now because they, you, he, he gave you, he, he had a choice and now you um, you basically don't like the choice that he made because you want to die. That's not how it is. And then only by Joel dying, she realised how value that how how much life was valued. But I thought to myself, you've killed many people, <laughs> and now you only value yeah. life now because your your dad has died. And for me, how, how did you did you did you feel that she was the game was written well enough to the thing to the point where do you believe that she was kind of a justified in feeling oh, the way she felt yeah, yeah. did you feel yeah do you yeah. feel the way she was justified the way she felt um i i think it's meant to be it's written in a way where her differences with joel and how you realize how she found out um how it's kind of paced um it's that confrontation is kind of meant to feel natural because it's part of their bond and uh, ultimately, a large part of that bond <clears throat> has has been, you know, built on a a kind of a broken bit of trust that they had. Um, you know, it was it was a, a large amount of their relationship was built on this this lie, and she felt that like when she was originally going on that journey with Joel, that you know she was immune and that she had a responsibility to. Um, essentially, help you know, help, help, man. Help, help yeah, to to help to help the people that are still alive and everything by by giving by giving them you know whatever they needed. Of course, she was young and she wasn't told by the fireflies in that that the operation would claim her life, and Joel had to make that executive decision for her. But like, she, I think what she realizes throughout The Last of Us Two is that like he didn't make that. Um, he didn't make that decision selfishly himself because, you know, he was holding on to the fact that he's kind of a surrogate parent for her now, and she, and she's filled a hole that, you know, because Sarah isn't there anymore, his daughter who's been dead for a long time. Like she felt that his decision was made out of like this emotional insecurity and like that he wanted a daughter figure in his life, and he'd finally got one and was too afraid to let her go. Um, but she realizes, of course, like you say, through his sacrifice, like how precious life really is, and is it really worth sacrificing um, that life for something that wasn't a guaranteed 
it didn't have a guaranteed outcome. There was no guarantee that her DNA would create a cure. There was no guarantee that the the the, um, the fireflies had the expertise and the equipment it took to create a vaccine that you could give to billions of people around the world. You know, there were no guarantees whatsoever. It was all this huge gamble, yeah. and Joel kind of saw through it. And, and decided that you know, the world's lost enough good people and is like the people that are left you know you know a lot a lot of them are like a lot of them are genuinely really fucking horrible yeah you know? they were. and are and are they worth saving and he decided well no you know if we can build our own life away from them then Ellie deserves to be part of that <laughs> and she didn't realize it. You know, she doesn't go through that transformation and, and realize what Joel was really trying to do until, you know, until he's attacked and until he's murdered. And I, I can see why, like, you know, like you and, and lots of other people would be like, well, why is she being so bitchy and stuff like throughout all of this? And it's because she, like, she's obviously found out through, you know, unfortunate circumstances the meaning behind what he actually did and has made her own mind up about it but without the experience and the context that Joel had as a character right and it's only when something tragic happens to her as well that she kind of realizes why he did it and how much he actually did mean to her and what she owes to him yeah and so I felt like I had to kind of take a step back from it and let the story play out to the point where Ellie realizes why he made the choice that he did and what uh, and what it did for both of their lives and, and what what the world is really like out there and these are the kind of people that she would have the people that attacked him and, and have been you know like genuinely awful to her and like her, uh, the, her uh, other members of her community would have potentially been the people that you know like that she could have saved but if they're capable of doing something like that were they worth saving you know so she's asked herself that question and i think where she chooses to go from then on is like i think they they did that very well to be honest but i can see why people would initially be kind of you know shocked by how like immediately hostile she is towards Joel and how distant she is yeah um but it they wrote it in a way that it makes sense when the story plays out and you realize it and it's it's paced in a way where you, you you're like okay I can I can understand this yeah. it's not like a huge plot hole it exactly. actually makes sense exactly like, so what I'll do is I'll go straight into um with the Abby question I was going to ask you do you think the game is because I, I because this review for me is, is, is going to be an in-depth review I, I will go over graphics and stuff but what, I want your opinion yeah. on certain characters and um, basically um, with Ellie's girlfriend and um, um, basically her her side chick her side chick boyfriend that basically she's just going to have yeah. a movie and not let him whatever how he's going to be um, with Abby for instance do you do you believe she was justified her part of the game do you believe it was justified like what like her storyline was it Honest. was it enough or was it um or do you think it was just blown out of proportion of all with all the anger that she got 
that. No, uh, honestly, I I think that uh, one of the things they did a really good job of is actually um, setting up Abby's character in a way that you see you see the other side of the story, right? The story that wasn't told in The Last of Us 1, but what was all going on in the background with the fireflies and the families of the people who were involved in that and how Abby got drawn into this, you know, through her dad, who was the surgeon who was going to perform the procedure on Ellie and everything. like. And you realise that, you know, if that strange man who'd smuggled a little girl across the country, like, then decided, you know to murder someone who in your eyes is working for the betterment of humankind and only wanted to help people right and had risked his life to get away from like all of the the military occupation of the cities and everything to you know to get all of this um hospital equipment so that he could make a lab and and do this kind of stuff yeah, if that was your dad and he was willing to sacrifice everything and then someone murders him out of you know, essentially, you know, this kind of, you know, set, like selfish need for, yeah. um, you know, a family figure. You know, um, like, and doesn't even attempt to negotiate or anything after everything that that's that's they've gone through, right? Then, of course, you would, like, you would feel justified in doing what Abby did. And I think they 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 developed her character really well throughout the game to the point where, like we said in the the last podcast and everything, where you know you get to points in the story and you're like you know, when you're playing as Ellie in particular and you're like, am I really the good guy here? Yeah. Like after yeah. you've played as Abby for a bit and you realise what she's been through and it's like how she's, you know, you think that oh you know she's joined the Washington Liberation Front you know as like you know to find like a new family and she's like well no she's joined it as a means to an end she's joined it as a way to get access to the weapons and the infrastructure and everything that she needs to find her way across the country to find the people who who did this right she needs their resources she's she's on her own mission and she is using the the washington liberation front as a means to an end you know she's not like she's not just another you know militarized kind of faction person who's sworn in with this family and will never let it go you know she's got her own agenda she's her own person you know she's not just another person you know lining up to fight for a cause her cause is completely her own she's got like her own justified reasons for doing it and her you believe muscles. them yeah yeah she had yeah her own <laughs> definitely her own muscles <laughs> like punching the heads off of stuff like and, and that was so funny when people were like oh that's kind of unrealistic and everything and i'm like wait till you get to a certain point in the game when you realize that their headquarters is in an nfl stadium and you see that <laughs> massive fucking gym they've got there i'm like and the fact that she eats two burritos a day like i'm like yeah you know no, you're eating that yeah. you're eating that much beans and you're lifting that much weight so i don't care if you're a woman right you're gonna get big <laughs> it's funny that it's funny because when we yeah when i when i saw like when i saw the reviews coming in i can piggyback off what you're saying about the gym and that stuff and people are like oh it's unrealistic that she's that big and that stuff and i thought to myself 
but in the world of a zombie apocalypse would you not want to be fit would you not yeah. want to be muscly <laughs> would you not want to be able to shoot anyone and that's why i didn't understand because i thought it's a why survival they... instinct yeah, isn't it? I, yeah. It, it, you know what you do you wake up in the morning you think you know what i don't want to be fat and i don't want to and i i don't want to be running from a zombie and my cardio mm. is shit I don't want. I don't want. She, she did. Her character was everything that, that how everybody should be in a zombie apocalypse. And I was like, so people would rather Ellie than be Abby. I, I didn't get it. I was like, I know. I, I know Ellie's story is brilliant, but Abby's story is the person who you should want to be. Like Abby, uh, Abby story, is. Yeah, go on. Abby is the real survivor because she's she's adapted to the world that has been created by it and like she's used like i said she's used these factions for their resources so she can train so she can become much better at what she does specifically for the purpose of going after the person who murdered her dad you know whereas ellie ellie is kind of an inspirational character in a on a completely different other end of the scale in that she hasn't had access to all of this stuff you know she like you know she's you know she's lived an extremely hard life and got by by the skin of her teeth for a long time and it's through her you know her own uh cunning and you know her like her her own you know ability to kind of like adapt and everything that she has become strong in her own right you know and i think the fact that the two characters were so different but ultimately you know have managed to survive is testament to like that the whilst you know like you've like you say on paper you've got a good chance of becoming a really good survivor if you're you know physically conditioned and really wet and military kind of trained in that situation it's not the be all and end all you know like if if you're like a really good uh tracker and you're really good at you know at building things crafting things if you're good at being stealthy and getting in and getting out without being seen like ellie is she's just as useful in a tight situation and they both have their own strengths and weaknesses and ultimately that that's that's really shown towards the end of the game when they when they come together and, and when they actually fight and everything it's like you see that they're both good at very different things and that it's not as you know it's not as one-sided as you think it would be um, yeah i think it got to, to the point where where ellie where um where it was uh you see you know when abby fights her for the first time and, and you actually see ellie yeah. making the bombs and stuff like that and you realize setting, wow, the, tra- setting the traps and everything yeah, and, and like think, yeah, positioning you, herself yeah. yeah and you think to yourself wow that was one of the most annoying fights in the game yeah, by the way because <laughs> i realized i thought you know what these two have two different backgrounds and you, then you realize with all the military training that abby had and this girl is from the woods joel trained her well because he's taught her survival skills where abby is the killer Ab- abby is the agent abby yeah. is the assassin where she's now trying to fight this 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 girl this male this malnourished woman that hasn't had probably nothing to eat she probably all she eats is candy but she can basically make a bomb like out of anything because she's just basically using normal household tools and just making yeah. a bomb and she's, she's a, a yeah she's a brilliant tracker you know and yeah and it, it's like you have to yeah. as i say to people you have to see beyond what they wanted you to see and what i what i really realized was 
um, Ellie was living a fake life. She Joel wanted her to have a normal life, you know, with the baby and the the, the house and. Abby never wanted that. Abby just Abby Abby understood it was a zombie apocalypse. She didn't want to, uh, uh, what's it called? Basically, live in Kansas. She didn't want that life. Yeah. In, in the back of her mind, her mind was always, "There's a zombie behind me. I need to run." Ellie was Ellie lived in a fiction where she believed that she could have the white picket fence and have like, uh, um, yeah, like endless. And it, I could see. And then she, yeah, go on. Yeah, and then she's then she's like and then ellie is forced to go back into that big ugly world whereas whereas like abby has been training to live and survive in it her whole life yeah, you know yeah, 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 like yeah. and that's the big difference between them and that's why i think they're both such amazing fucking characters you know yeah. and why you know people are still asking so many questions about the the plot and the writing and stuff like that is because it's really cleverly done yeah but no the... one's about do you realize how me and you are talking about this we're having a general conversation about this now we have we have had the conversation to the point where we're, we're digging through things like we played the game with an open mind these guys have gone into it and think like, oh yeah well basically what we want to do now this time is we just want to go the, through the whole game with joel again and just beat the shit out of people no you need <laughs> you need something that storyline where these two girls are living two two different lives one's living delusion the other one's living the real life and a, 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 um, a, a, a real part of life and it's like yeah this this is a storyline you should be playing and that's i didn't understand why people hated it or they thought to themselves oh this is the storyline we wanted because which which other way could they have gone with this real yeah. It, it would. It was the only logical way to further explore that world. Was they'd already told Joel's story. You know, we'd already heard it. You know, at, in, like in the Ellie. Five and... minutes, within the first five minutes of The Last of Us One, when his daughter died, you knew Joel's story. You knew it. You, yeah. You knew his whole story. You didn't need the part where he's riding around on horses and he's stabbing people in the neck. When you think about it, that's not needed. From point A to B. Where he goes from 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 his house to the hospital, that's that's filler. It's yeah. And then when when you see Ellie from from Abby, Abby's part of the story is justified. When you go to Ellie's part of the last part of the film, when he goes to D, she's not justified because it's like you do understand if you kill me and you don't, this is going to keep going round and round and round. It's, yeah. It, it was just a big ripple effect, and I think she realized yeah. there's no point to this. And I think yeah, it's a, people needed a to vicious into, cycle. Yeah, people yeah. needed to read into the story more. And I, we mean, talking about, I, I've watched, I've read a lot of reviews, and no one's really spoken about that. They just talk about how much they hated Abby, or they hated the storyline. I'm thinking you didn't read between the lines. There was so yeah. much there that you could have read behind. These are, well, you have to remember, Dom, that these are people who come in with set expectations, and they're not willing to be taken on a journey by by somebody else's you know with somebody else's story and they're not willing to compromise on things that they think should be the right way to go like they they want their own tailored experience and i'm when it comes to what i think um, like about stuff like that i'm like that sort of critical reception i choose not to pay attention to it because though those are the people who like they're uh, it's 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 a bit different than like you know oh somebody who watches the original movie and then watches the sequel and decides it's shit but like <laughs> it's 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 similar it's similar in a way where like there are people who go in 
to a sequel with expectations and and then like don't appreciate that maybe they might be the filmmakers or whatever might be they might have decided to actually flesh out you know different characters or you know bring extra depth to stuff that was really kind of downplayed in the first yeah and this was i i remember the first instance i ever saw of this going back to games was it was the response the, the response to oh, can you still hear me of course i can Okay, yeah okay yeah sorry i'm just getting bleeps from my headset i keep thinking it's turned off <laughs> no, no. Uh, it's, it's weird it's nothing to do with battery either but um the first time i ever saw an instance of this happening was do you remember the the fan response to metal gear solid 2 yeah of course i do I when when they when they, they like it, when they yeah it. they hated it because of raiden right they hated it because of like when they realized like because kojima did that classic thing where like you know the demo that you played was the tanker bit right at the start and you played it as snake and everyone loved it and then the game came out and that little prologue bit with snake is like just the very start of the game and then the whole rest of it is just riding yeah. and everybody hated it because it was riding but then you look at the fan response to mgs2 years later to people who still play it now and you're like actually this game is so damn clever and it would not have worked right the writing and what kojima chose to do with it would not have worked if they made snake the main character like and what they did by telling it from another person's perspective made you real made you understand and appreciate more of what snake's been through and how he's been manipulated for so many years by these shadowy organizations in the background and everything and it gave you a new level of appreciation for a character that you already knew but they told somebody else's story in the process right and that was really clever and now people love mgs2 and i think this is going to be a game like going back to the last of us 2 i think this is going to be one of those kind of marmite games like that where th we're hearing this initial outrage reaction right but people are once people start really digging into the story and the creative choices that were made like we are now i think you know 10 years from now when people look back at it and when people have been continually playing it and everything you know uh, playing one and then two um, in succession they're going to be like you know what this really works and they couldn't have done it another way they made the right choices with the story and whilst it may not um it may not have had the same impact that the first one had that's understandable because it's a sequel and everything and it may have tried new things that upset some people they made the naughty dog made the right choices doing what they did with this game and i think time is going to really tell to see how people uh, you know actually value this game i think it's going to be another mgs2 kind of thing where people are going to really really appreciate it in the long run um, I'm, you know what, I'm the type of person I, I always say to myself, you may hate Transformers, but there's a lot of other shit out there that's worse <laughs> than, than the Transformers. That's, that's yeah. what I always say. You may hate it, but just be happy that they've made a Transformers film for you because it could have been, it could have been, it, it could have been trans, um, Transmorphous. There's one called Transmorphous, yeah. and that's even worse. <laughs> so believe me, you should be very lucky. I say to people, hate that sounds something. like a Chinese knockoff. Oh, mate, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's a <laughs> I always say to people, cheap peas, 
be kind to certain things don't hate everything that you see play it once if you don't like it then that's fine you can get rid of it but just have an open mind these people have taken years yeah. this type of thing and they've some games are shit I'm not saying that some games but this game oh no it's yeah. a type of game like, like you said about, yeah it's like you said about Metal Gear um, I liked the fact that Snake was in the background I liked the fact that um, Snake was working with um, the other I don't I don't know the story properly but I have played it but, yeah um, I liked the fact that Snake was behind everything Raiden did he let Raiden go up to Big Boss and fight the boy. not what's his name um, Sol- Sol- Solidus was it? Solidus yeah, yeah he let Solidus. him go and fight Solidus and I thought that was brilliant and I remembered playing that game I remembered like I liked Raiden when I was a kid it's only when I read the stories I thought blood you know people don't like Raiden and I'm and now yeah. looking, and, and it's like you now saying a couple of years time people will be like you know we gave we, we actually gave this game a bad score we need to play again and we need to review this game and do it because I don't believe this whole petition thing and them going back into it and saying oh we want the game remade they're not going to remake it for you they're not going yeah. to do it no. and even if they did it'll probably be even worse so let's they, they won't remake it yeah no, they're not going to the money they've, they've like spent on it yeah. right yeah. so people <laughs> let's, just, let's just let's just all cheer up let's play the game yeah. the way it is and let's do it so on the last on the last but not least um um part of this review because i want to get a hands-on review from you um we've got the juiciest bits out because we spoke about Abby, we spoke about Eddie, we spoke about Joel. Graphics-wise and gameplay, do you think you can mash it up into one before we finish? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, th- this is where I actually had... it was It's strange because like th- this is also one of those situations where I think, on one hand, it's absolutely fucking incredible what they've managed to achieve. Like, graphics-wise on a PS4 at the end of its life cycle, it's like probably... That and Ghost of Tsushima are like the the two best looking games I've ever seen on PS4. Yeah, and Ghost of Tsushima is I'm gonna play it. As like, soon as we finish this, as soon as I finish editing this podcast, yeah, I'm gonna go and play that. <laughs> what that. they what Naughty Dog have managed to achieve with that engine that they made, because bear in mind this is the same game engine that they made at the start of the PS4 lifecycle, specifically to make Uncharted 4, right? Which and Uncharted 4 looked amazing when it came out and everything, and then they used it in. Uh, Lost Legacy, they used it and, and they've just continually built on it and, and made it better and better and better to the point where if they tried to make it any better now, like they couldn't they couldn't do it on current generation consoles. Like they're kind of limited by the hardware. But the fact that they managed to get it to run really smoothly, even if it's you know it's 30 FPS, which isn't great. Um, but now that you know the new consoles are coming, like and they're much higher computational power, like that those kind of like cinematic quote unquote frame rates are going to be a thing of the past, and pretty much everything hopefully is going to be sixty. Um, but yeah, it's one of the best looking console games I've seen this gen. Uh, runs really smoothly. It never really crashed on me, like not once. Um, the the, the way they've kind of delicately masked the loading times um, underneath cutscenes and stuff like that. Um, I feel that they've really got the hang of that. And of course, that's another thing we won't have to worry about with PS5 because the SSD 
we won't have to have loading times hidden. They said that for the PS4, oh. and that never happened. That was yeah. the first thing they said. Oh, there's no loading time. They were yeah. clapped. Yeah. And I remember the first time I was like, yeah. hey, everyone, there's loading uh, times. Uh, until you put an SSD in it, dumb, like the, you're never going to get those instantaneous loading times. And oh, yeah, that was the kind of that was the that was the bullshit with the PS4. Was like, yeah, they kind of they they alluded to that at the start, but when you realize the budget they have to make a console they have to kind of skimp on money on the hard drive it's like you're never going to be able to load stuff fast without solid state memory um so yeah like graphically i think it's amazing but it's almost completely flawless um the animations are so lifelike uh the the way characters move the 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 motion capture the faces all of that like in the cut in the cutscenes and just you know just if you pan your camera around to see your character's face when they're having little discussions like you know the discussions between ellie and dina when you're riding around on horseback in the first time you go to seattle and everything how well it's animated and how good it looks even during gameplay is like it's pretty bloody staggering like graphically it's it's fantastic performance wise like i said never really crashed on me uh, didn't have any major frame rate dips or anything. It was fairly smooth throughout the entire experience. Uh, yeah, you know, some of the loading times were like relatively cleverly hidden, but like, uh, and booting up the game took a little while, especially on a base PS4 if you don't have a pro, but overall performance was really good. Um, I think my biggest beef with uh, the gameplay is that. It hasn't really evolved that much since Last of Us, Last of Us One, right? Um, in that crafting is still relatively the same. There's just more you can do with it, right? Um, stealth, yeah, they improved it a lot by the fact that you can go prone. You know, you can shoot while prone. You can hide more effectively. Like, there's a lot more buildings you can go in and out of. You know, because they've refined the game engine so that. You know, like you can explore more stuff. There's a lot more interiors that you could go in. At. You know, you can break glass to jump through and make and make your own cover and stuff like that. And I thought that was really cool. Um, they they've definitely improved the AI of the um, of the infected. I yeah, think the infected are yeah the infected were better in this game. The infected are a lot smarter, and the way you could use the infected against the other factions and everything like when you're in the subway you know and you're trapped with the um what is it is, is it the the scars or whatever who are hunting you in the subway or is it the wlf i can't remember I think it's the, w, the scars are the ones yeah because they, the they chase you into the subway yeah, yeah. the yeah. scar scars are the ones who chase you into the subway and then the wlf hear you and put the gas max on and come down like that area when you're like it's actually more strategic rather than like just surgically taking everyone out with stealth to actually like oh i'm gonna go over here and i'm gonna unlock this door and then i'm gonna smash a glass bottle next to this patrol and let all of these clickers and this big bloater come out and just tear everyone apart and then you know i can use that time to kind of go around pick up crafting gear make some molotovs you know make some you know, heavy duty ammunition, and I could come back and kill the infected if I need to. 
or, or I can just choose to stealth right past them. Like the way the way you could manipulate the AI was definitely better in this one, particularly with the infected. I thought the infected were much improved. Um, I do wish there were more infected types. I mean, they added like the uh, those little stealthy ones, which was super annoying and super creepy as well, and just jumping out of the walls at you. Um, and I liked the uh, not the bloater, but like the kind of the one in between the bloater and the, the clicker. Like, oh, yeah, the, I, like, the one that the one that right, the one that walked around like it could hear you and it would like creep around and yeah. coming back. Yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, it was surprisingly quick as well, and it has those poisonous spores and stuff on it, and like you kind of have to burn it and shotgun it to death, like to really kind of you have to get the damage in fast on it, or it can close the gap on you really quickly. I liked what they did with the two new um, monsters, but I felt that they probably could have had a couple more, you know, some a couple more like infected types and everything, um, and that would have been really cool to explore. Because um, I, I think uh, surprisingly, that was one of the things in Days Gone when I played that that I thought was really creepy was like when you see like the infected children. Yeah. In days gone, Ooh, and they can, that. Got yeah, they're they're like obviously they're small, but that means they're really agile. And while they can't hurt you that much, they will try and ambush you in packs. And they will, because they're agile, they will climb up into like attics and climb up on top of roofs. So you try and go and refuel your bike, right? And a whole pack of them will just jump down on you, like. And you know, try and pull you around and stuff like that, and try and smash up your bike to stop you escaping. I'm like, okay, what if there was a smaller infected like that, really agile, attacked in packs, that sort of thing? Like, do something like that, um, and maybe a, like a couple of other types. I thought they could have added more in that, but what they did with what they've got was excellent. I really enjoyed the fights with the infected. Um, my biggest issue was that just that. The AI, uh, the AI for like the humans is still a bit kind of meh. It's like throw a brick oh, over. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll go and I'll go and um, investigate, and then you know, oh, I kill you silently, and your mate doesn't notice. And they tried to make it more personal by like when you're in open combat and you shoot some, you shoot someone in the head in a patrol, and the the woman next to him turns around and they go like oh my god they killed joey and like everyone's got a name and everything i, I tried i saw what they were going for with that like yeah everybody has an emotional connection even if they're kind of like this you know ritualistic kind of satanic cult bastard you know they still have friends right <laughs> so like that they were going for some sort of emotional response like that and i'd never seen a game actually do that where every single like enemy Ha actually has a name and, and like the patrols will call it out and communicate with each other yeah. like uh, but in terms of like the general mechanics of the stealth and getting around the the human AI was still kind of dumb and the stealth and the combat in Naughty Dog games it's functional it's decent but it's not advanced it doesn't do anything revolutionary like the gameplay in general um, and I wish that the puzzles were better as well Dom I wish that the puzzles were better because they're like, it's just, you know, I'll go over here, fill up this fuel can by going through this area and, yeah, you know, finding one from the back. And it's the same old shit. And I'm just like, 
for Naughty Dog to really blow me away and say, yeah, you know, this is like a, a 9 or a 10 out of 10. They have to do something that they've never really done before. And I think they, I think they were very conservative about just improving on what they'd already done, but not trying anything groundbreaking or totally new in terms of gameplay. I think the gameplay was very similar to Last of Us One. Um, it just didn't have as many obnoxious puzzles. You know? Yeah, that, you, you might, you might, you, in a in a general sense of thing, in everything, in everything you said is correct because they didn't. The game was I was hyped to the point where I knew it was going to be the last of us. I wanted to see what they improved on. The murder scenes, the close impact murder scenes of when you die were great. Like, you know, she would get oh, yeah, that's yeah, all that sort yeah, of that's that's like, 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 Yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah. Um stuff where you needed to have like you remember that back in the day when you used to have a, had to have like a shiv. Like now you have infinity yeah. shifts. You had infinity shifts now um, there was type of things that they, they could have elaborated on more when it came to the combat as well. I kind of think that I got hit a lot because the camera was in the wrong view. Like they purposely yeah, the, the, the camera, camera wasn't great, especially when you're when you're getting rushed by lots of infected. Yeah, the move really fast. Um, the camera can be a bit funny at times. Yeah. Um, because it tries to focus on the character so much because it's like this you know character-centric story and everything um it doesn't necessarily give you um a good idea of where your enemies are coming from if you're in a pinch you know and if a lot's happening at once like if you plan out like a stealthy section and you go methodically from a to b taking out one or two guys at a time then it's not so bad but when you get into open combat and the ai starts to flank you or like more uh more infected show up because they've been attracted by the noise and they start attacking you from all directions then you're just like well okay um it gives you some basic ideas like you know your your companion will shout you know behind you or whatever or like you'll get a little flashing warning at times like uh like it it does help you in a basic sense, but at the same time, like, yeah, the, the camera can't really keep up with um, the action when you kind of lose control of a situation, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, the, I understand, yeah, the, I understand. Like, nutty fest. The good thing, though, is, like, one of the things that the game was actually universally praised for, and I really want to mention before we finish this, was its accessibility options for, like, people with, you know, um, uh, hearing or sight uh, impairments and stuff like that and some quality of life stuff that you can turn on or off right even for people with like color blindness and things like that but um there uh apparently that there is a feature in the accessibility options which you can turn on which is like um i think it's it's something called uh directional attack assist okay. and it basically gives you it gives you like a, a, a little arrow that appears uh, like a compass around your character whenever an enemy's locked onto you and attacking you from a certain direction it'll flash red so you can then you know adjust and turn around and ha and have time to like dodge the attack and counter it and everything um, similar to how um, you know how Batman 
use is the the little flash above the enemy's head when or yeah, like yeah. when they're about to attack you and you can counter it's similar to that but it's like a compass with arrows around your character okay. um so i think that's it in it's in the accessibility options and i'm glad that they added that for people who like who got you know either really frustrated with the the camera experience during combat when it all kicks off and you're kind of overwhelmed um or the, and of course they added all of this stuff specifically as well for for people with disabilities so like they did a fantastic job with that but yeah i think with these third person action games because of the way the camera works ghost of tsushima is uh, guilty of this as well as good as the combat is in that um because there's no traditional lock-on system basically you auto in ghost of tsushima listeners for people that don't know yep. you automatically lock on to the enemy that um your like your directional stick is pointed towards during combat right um which can i mean you you will still automatically parry someone even if you're locked onto another one if you time it right your character will switch around parry and push the other guy away but so you've got more control over the situation yeah compared to compared to last of us but in these third person games right um they always want to have the character in the center of the screen all the time which me and because of the processing power of something like a ps4 you can't have this massive field of view right on pc you can kind of adjust this to have like 90 degrees 100 degrees or even more this wide panoramic field of view so you can see stuff that's outside your peripheral vision an enemy that you might not be able to see on a normal 70 degree field of view which I believe is what The Last of Us uses. Um, you can see them coming earlier because your your screen ratio your is wider. You know your field of vision. Um, but because the character is always in the center and, uh, of the camera, like you're you can't always see what's coming. And like you say, when it gets a bit crazy, you know if you've given your position away and they all start flanking and then you know infected get involved and well it 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 can easily turn out badly particularly if you're playing on like the hard difficulties and the hard difficulties on the last of us are hard you know like survivor and stuff like that um, yeah that's but yeah you've got yeah you i think you've nailed yeah you you i'll be honest with you I'll, I'll let me tell you that i'll throw my hands up to you and be like i will say this to you now because it's nearly been an hour and a half I'll, yeah so for so dark, believe me, you have done me justice today. <laughs> I am only oh, as good as the person that I get on my podcast. I love people that are smarter than me. You are smarter than me and you have done this podcast justice. I would like to say thank you. Believe me. With the bottom uh, you're 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 welcome. And I'm sure you're smarter than me in, in many ways <laughs> as well. No, like, no, 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 no. Um is there so I know to cut you really badly. Is there anything you want to plug at the end of this before we leave? Um ju- just the usual really. Um I'm just I'm just gonna plug my Twitter here. It's at Mr. Danielson. Um basically I you know, I talk about video games, I talk about like the FGC, I post some clips on there. Um you know, I I talk about anything that's kind of contemporary. You know, um, you know, political, business-wise, anything that takes my fancy. Um, uh, I follow uh, and, and stay engaged with like quite a few industry people who I've met over the years, uh, who I've been lucky enough to meet, uh, and 
we always have some good laughs on there so you know if you're interested in like fair and balanced discussion and not too many memes and, and not mean twitter comments you know actual constructive criticism and everything yeah you know come and come and give me a follow i do have a twitch channel as well twitch.tv forward slash pre-rendered powers uh, my channel is currently inactive uh twitch deleted all of the vods because of a glitch last year which was Ooh, wonderful that's bad um yeah it happened to absolutely everyone on twitch which is really <laughs> even like the massive guys which was really annoying because i actually had a good archive of streams on there but at the minute with my current uh, internet service provider i can't reliably stream however i will be streaming once i've moved and i move at the end of october so come november december time i'm hoping to have absolutely everything up and running um with a like a new upgraded pc and everything i'm going to be streaming stuff i play all sorts of different games i play fighting games i play uh third person first person you know action shooters rpgs um I've been playing Fall Guys as well, and that game is fucking infuriating uh, and and fantastic at the same time. So I might I might do some more of that when I get back to streaming uh, with with some friends and everything. That's but good. yeah, um, you can you can follow me there, guys. Uh, be much appreciated. That's good. Um, I, I would say, like I said to you, thank you again for this last review. And what I'll probably do with you the next time, if you're if you are free. By the time I finish yep. um, Ghost of Tsushima, we can do a review of that as well. Yeah, sure. Yeah, totally. Up that. I I loved that game. Exactly. I loved so it. probably like yeah. in probably like a week's time, we'll probably do another review for that. Okay, then people. Um, this has been the last. This has been a four game first of the world. Um, another review from um, me and the Sofa Soldier. Um, this has been the Last of Us Two review. Um, please find me on all social all social media platforms. Um, not Twitch at the moment. I'm on Facebook. I am on Twitter, and I am everywhere else. Just type, just type in Teddy Hopper podcast, and I will come up on all platforms. So, people, Dan, thank you again. People, like thank you very much. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye bye.